Thanks for joining us here at New Song Church, where we are helping people to know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference. If you have any questions at all or just want to learn more about us as a church, you can check us out online at mynsc.org. It's the best way to stay connected with us throughout your week. And now, check out this week's sermon. Are you ready to study the Word of God, yes or no? We're going to be teaching this topic about mercy today. And it's just a standalone message. In fact, I've, I very easily could have put it into our Christmas series, but uh, I, I just wanted this to be a standalone message, something that, that I, I've been wanting to say for quite some time, that we all need to show mercy in our life. And in fact, not just show mercy, the, the, the vast majority of this message is actually going to be about loving mercy, about how to live a life of love when it comes to mercy. And I, I realized that some people are far more merciful than others. In fact, I was just telling a story in, in Next Steps. I, I kind of open up Next Steps on, on most months and just kind of give a background of who we are and where we're going. And one of the stories I often tell in, in Next Steps, so maybe you've heard this, was a, story, a true story that happened when I was a music pastor in, in Milwaukee. And it was, the, it was the end of the service and the, the pastor was kind of giving the, the altar response time. And so uh, at, at that church, the, we had a grand piano. And, um, and either I would go down and play it at the end of the, the service or else my, uh, we have a, a pianist there at the church that would play. And I would stand next to him and, and just kind of sing, if, you know, leading wor- lead in worship if that were the case. And so I'm, I'm down here at, at what would be my left. And... Um, and just, just, just looking at the, at the audience, you know, seeing everybody. And, and there's this man named Mike Jorgensen. Well, well Mike, he, he sat right dead center, just about four or five, six rows back, something like that. And he was right on the end. And, and Mike was a unique guy in that he was uh, single. He lived on his own, owned his house, worked a job, was faithful in, in church attendance. He sang in the choir. He was faithful with tithes and offerings. But he was just a little bit unique, um, and he was just a, had had. He was just unique, just unique. Well, well, as we stood up for this altar time on this particular Sunday, I'll never forget. I was standing next to the, the piano, and I had just this this direct view of 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 Mike Jorgensen, and he he's standing there, and he realizes that his shirt has become untucked. And so he decides that he's going to tuck in his shirt. Well, he, he, didn't, he couldn't do it with his belt, so he just unlashed his belt, and he started tucking in his shirt. True story. He accidentally lets go of his belt, and his pants fall all the way to his ankles. And I'm standing there at the altar response time looking at a half-naked man in the center aisle, everybody. In the center aisle. And... I, I remember like try, trying to hold in the laugh. Could you imagine trying to worship Jesus looking at a half-naked man in church? And of course, he, I mean, quickly, his face got red. He reached down and he pulled up his pants and, you know, started tucking in his shirt again and, and put the belt. Then he just bowed his head. And I thought, oh, poor Mike. Oh, that's got to be so embarrassing. And my heart was broken for him. Well, not too much longer after that, Mike applied for um, membership at that church. And he wanted to be a member, and he met all of the, the qualifications. But 
in that church, they, they, you would have to fill out an application and then you surrender that to the board of deacons and the board and the pastor would, would uh, agree upon whether that person should be a member or not. And I remember the senior pastor said, no, I don't want Mike as a member of our church. And I, I, I had to go to the meetings at the, that time, all of the staff did, and I spoke up for Mike. I said, listen, he, he's faithful. Are, are you sure? Yeah, I'm sure. Well, I, I let it go at that. And, and, and the next day, I, I went into the pastor's office, and I, I said, Pastor, I think you've made a mistake here. I said, Mike is a great guy. I know him. He sings in my choir. I'm with him all the time. He's faithful in tithes and offerings. He's faithful in service. He... he he loves Jesus. He works a job. I mean, this guy, he, he supports himself. There's no reason in the world why he shouldn't be a member of our church. And the senior pastor looked at me and he said, I just don't like him. And I, I thought to myself, that's why we do membership different here at New Song. If, if you love Jesus and you love New Song and, and you're faithful in, in service and giving, can I tell you something? You don't have to sign a piece of paper. You're already a member of our church family. You're already a member. You don't, there's no approval needed, everybody. You're just a member. Now, that being said, I looked at the life of the pastor, and what I saw was a lack of mercy and a lack of grace. And, and I struggled with that. In fact, it was, it, was, it was the start of several struggles that I had after that. And only now, about 20 years later, have I, am I speaking freely about that now because I can. So for a long time, I held stories like that in because of, you know, circumstances. Just statute of limitations is off now. Now I can talk about it. Can I tell you something? We are called to not only show mercy, but we are called to actually love mercy to love mercy. Let me say it a different way. God has seen you in not only your most awkward moments, but your most sin-filled moments and loved you anyway and invited you into his family anyway. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. And I'm going to help you today. My goal today is that you leave this place absolutely in love with the mercies of God. And I say mercies plural for a reason. Because I'm going to show you the scripture. It's in Lamentations. It's a very famous portion of scripture. And it's just the starting place of what we're going to study today. Lamentations 3.22. The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never, his mercies never come to an end. No, in fact, they are new Every morning, great is your faithfulness, God. So mercy withholds punishment to those who deserve it, and grace imparts blessings to those who don't. I'm going to say that again. Mercy withholds punishment to those who deserve to be punished, but grace actually imparts blessing to those who don't deserve the blessing. Mercy and grace are excesses, they are excesses of undeserved kindness in our lives. Excesses of undeserved kindness in our life. I was thinking about this with uh, Max Lucado. He wrote something a long, a long time ago now that has stuck with me for a lot of years. And it, it was this, it's the story of the prodigal. You remember the story of the prodigal son. He gets his inheritance early, asks for it early. He takes off, he, he, he gives into wild living. 
And he comes to his senses. He, he literally hits rock bottom, comes to his senses, and he runs home back to the father. And the father sees him at a, different, at a distance and welcomes him and brings him back into the family. And then, in fact, throws a feast for the son who has come back home. It's the story of the prodigal. Mercy, mercy gives the prodigal a second chance. In fact, let me say it this way. In, let me apply it to all of us. Because mercies are new every day. That mercy gives us a second chance, and a third chance, and a fourth chance, and a tenth chance, and a hundredth chance, and a thousandth chance. That that's what mercy does. That mercy gives us chances. In fact, chance after chance after chance. And grace throws the feast. Mercy gives us the second chances and grace celebrates the return, the repentance, the humility in someone's life, the worship, the surrender. Isn't that amazing? Mercy gives second chances. Grace throws the feast. I want to I tell you something. I'm going to teach you a very deep doctrinal truth this morning about the nature of God. And I'm going to say this. If I were to ask a question, I heard Dr. Mark Rutland, uh, Dr. Mark Rutland is one of my favorite teachers. He spoke to this one time. He was in class. He uses this illustration that he was in class. And one of the professors asked this question, is, is anything impossible with God? Well, well Mark and all of his, you know, uh, theological prowess. He's, he wrote, no, nothing is impossible with God. And we would all think at first, oh, that's exactly right, because the Bible says it, and you're exactly right. The Bible says that nothing is impossible with God. Well, of course, the professor follows that through with, okay, then is it possible for God to build a boulder so big that it's impossible for God to lift it up? Now think about that. Okay, then if nothing is impossible with God, is it possible for God to build a, a boulder, to create a boulder so big that it's impossible for him to build it back up? And, and there's, this, there's this, whoa, whoa, wait, wait a second, wait, wait a second. Okay, I got to think about that more. And Mark, Mark Rutland's response was, you know what? I learned something in that day. First of all, he was humbled in that day, but he learned something in that day that I'm going to teach all of you right here, right now. And it's this, that God is not limited in power but by the parameters of his nature. I'm going to show you this. That God is not limited in power, but he is limited by the parameters of his nature. This is so important that you get this. Okay, let me give you some examples of this. First of all, God is love. There is no evil in God. There's no hatred in God. God is love. And we know it from verses like this, 1 John 4, 8. Whoever does not love does not know God because God is love. It's not just what he does, it's actually who he is. It's one of his attributes. Let, let me go to another one. That God is faithful. It's not just what he does, it's actually who he is. We, we can read 2 Timothy 2.13 says, If we are faithless, he remains faithful. And watch this. For he cannot disown himself. Whoa. You thought nothing is impossible with God, and you're right. Except he is limited by the parameters of his nature. 
What, what's, I'm going to read this again. Catch this again. Let's put that verse right back up there. If we are faithless, he remains faithful, for he cannot disown himself. He cannot disown his faithfulness. Everybody see that? Let me show you another one. Let me, let, let's go to another one. That God is good. It, how, how often? All the time. God is good. And we get it from verses like this. We know this to be true about God. Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. His love endures forever. It's not just what he does. He doesn't just do good things. He actually is the personification of good. He is, he is good all the time. All the time. And it doesn't stop there. God, I, I could go on and all, all day, but I'll just give you another one. God is merciful. The God is merciful. I love what Daniel 9, 9 says. It says, the Lord our God is merciful and forgiving, even though we have rebelled against him. Like in, on our worst day, God was and is merciful. It's not just what he does. It's who he is. Let me, let me simplify this for you. Let's all, let's all pretend that I'm Uncle Fester, and I have a light bulb that I put in my mouth, and it comes on. How many know what I'm talking about? I'm speaking your language. All right, Uncle Fester. Okay. For those of you who don't know, it's black and white. That's all I'm going to tell you. Okay, it's black and white TV. So, but let's, let's look at a light bulb real quick. Is it possible for that light bulb to shine darkness? No, because the attributes of that light bulb force it to show light. It's impossible for that light bulb to show darkness. It's impossible for a light bulb when on to spread darkness. It can only spread light because that's its nature. And so it is with God. But God is love. It's his nature. It's who he is. It's impossible for him not to be loving. Now are you with me? So God, God is not limited in power, but he is limited in the parameters, within the parameters of his nature. And thank God, literally, that his nature is good. How many know we serve a good God? He's loving, he's faithful, he's merciful, he's good, he's compassionate, he's kind, he's patient. I'm telling you, everybody, we serve a great and merciful God, and the Bible says it this way, write this down, that we are called to love his mercy. And I think that there's a lot of people that appreciate his mercy more than actually loving his mercy. We appreciate it. We're grateful that we're saved. We're grateful that he's shown mercy to us. But do you... Live a life in which you love his mercy. And my, my goal today is that you would just love Jesus more than when you entered into these doors this morning. That when you leave today, that you would be more in love with Jesus and that you would walk out of here loving the mercy of God. Because when you do, when you truly love God's mercy, 
You'll worship like you've never worshiped before. You'll praise him like you've never praised him before. You'll love him like you've never loved him before. You'll serve him like you've never served him before. You'll pray like you've never prayed before because you love his mercy. You love his mercy. You know, when I was little, my parents gave me a, a little uh, framed, I, I don't want to call it artwork, but it, 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 it had my name in it. It said Justin at the top, and then it had the definition of my name underneath it. Uh, I'll give you like three seconds to guess what it was. Okay, time's up. Full of justice. It, it only makes sense, right? Justin, meaning is, um, of my name is full of justice. And attached to it below that meaning of my name was the, the verse Micah 6, 8. And actually, I don't know if my parents were, uh, to this day, I don't remember. I remember getting the, the, the gift. I remember seeing it. I remember loving it. I remember thinking how cool that was. And they actually, I, I, I probably on purpose, they assigned me a life verse that day, Micah 6, 8. He has shown you, O man, what is good, or O mortal, what is good. What does the Lord require of you but to do justice, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with your God? What does the Lord require of you but just to do justice, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with your God? I was thinking about this, that the call of God upon not just my life, but on all of our lives is to actually love mercy. Not just to appreciate it, but to love it. To love the mercy of God. I'm going to ask you a question. When was the last time that as a follower of Christ, you loved God's mercy? That you said, Father, thank you. In, 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 deep, in deep surrender, in deep consecration, in deep humility, in deep adoration. Father, thank you for your mercy on my life. Thank you. For being so merciful. When's the last time? Do you just love, do you just appreciate it or do you love it? And there's a difference. In fact, I, I want to teach us some things as we talk about that this morning. In fact, three things that I, I want, I want to help, it's going to help you love the mercy of God more than you do right now. Number three, write this down that by God's mercy, we are saved by grace through faith. One of the things that we do here at New Song is we perpetuate, we, we propagate, we spread the gospel of grace, helping people become passionately devoted followers of the Lord Jesus Christ. If I'm going to help you become passionately devoted to Jesus, I have to help you understand the mercies of our God, to love God's mercy more than you do. And in fact, even in spreading the gospel of grace, I have to talk about the mercies of God because it's by God's mercy that were saved by grace through faith. Let me prove this to you in scripture as I always do. Titus 3, chapter 3, verse 4. But when the kindness and love of our God, of God our Savior appeared, he saved us. Watch this. He saved us, not because of the righteous things that we had done, but because of his, what's that word? Mercy. But because of his mercy, because of his mercy, the love of God, the righteousness of God, the grace of God, the goodness of God, the compassion of God, the patience of God. The, the, it all appeared. Why? Because of his mercy. Because of his mercy. He saved us through the washing of rebirth and renewal by the Holy Spirit, whom he poured out on us generously through Christ Jesus, our Savior, so that having been justified by his grace, we might become 
Heirs having the hope of eternal life. Okay, okay, everybody. So through the mercies of God, he saved us. We've been reborn. We've been renewed. We, he poured out on us generosity in Jesus Christ, our Savior. We've been justified by his grace. And now we are heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ Jesus, the Bible says, all because of the mercies of God, which are new every single day. Amazing. Amazing. In fact, let me show you this in Ephesians chapter 2. My, really some of my favorite portions of scripture, Ephesians 2, I, I memorized it a long time ago because it's so meaningful to me. But I'm going to start in verse 4, and I'm going to show you something that maybe we haven't pointed out very clearly to you in the past. But because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy. Stop right there. For God, who is rich in mercy. Being rich in mercy means he has this overabundant supply. Let me say it a different way. God has more than enough mercy for you, for me, for all of us. He has more than enough. Well, pastor, you don't know my past. Well, you don't know the richness of mercy in Christ Jesus that we possess. That he gives to us, not just yesterday, not just last year, but today. Every single day, he has new mercies for us. We're talking an overabundant supply of mercy in your life. And watch what happens. Ephesians 2, 4. But because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy made us alive with Christ even when we were dead in our transgressions. It is by grace that you've been saved. In fact, just a couple of verses later, it says, it is by grace you have been saved through faith. And it's not of yourselves because you shouldn't boast about it. You have no reason to boast. It is actually a gift of God. Let me say it this way. Because of God's mercy... We are saved by grace through faith. What God begins in mercy, he finishes with grace. I'm going to say it again. What God begins in mercy, he finishes in grace. Mercy is the second chance or the thousandth. Or the 10,000th chance. And grace is the celebration feast. Welcome back. What he begins in mercy, he finishes with grace. I'm trying to help you love his mercy today. Oh, it's so good. It's so good. Number four, God's mercy makes him approachable. So this is huge, everybody. This is huge. I, I want to read out of Hebrews chapter 4, verse 16. So I'm talking about loving his mercy more than you love it. That we grow in loving his mercy. We've been called to it. Watch what he says in Hebrews 4. So let us come boldly to the throne of our gracious God. There we will receive his mercy. And we will find grace to help us when we need it the most. So when you, when you approach the Lord, what you're going to discover, 
You're going to discover the attributes of God. You're going to discover the mercies of God. You're going to discover the grace of God, the kindness of God, the compassion of God. You're going to discover the love of God. So why do we hesitate in approaching him more often? Why are we not addicted to the presence of the Lord? Why are we not addicted to pursuing him with all of our heart? If we know that every single time we approach him, we are going to receive mercy and we're going to receive grace and we're going to receive all of his attributes, his faithfulness, his his loving kindness, his tender heart. We're going to receive all of that. Why do we not spend more time with this one who is so merciful and gracious to us? Come on, everybody. Why not? Why not? I, I can't, you, you don't know what I've done. And that very thought is the same thought that should drive you to him, not away from him. Because no matter what you've done, his mercies are new every day. That when you approach the Lord in humble adoration, In humble surrender, God, I need you. Oh, I know. Here's some mercy for you. Here's some grace for you. Here's some kindness on you. Here's some blessings for you. But I don't deserve it. That's the point. That's mercy. Now you're getting it. Well, Pat, but I don't deserve Exactly right. You're exactly right. You don't deserve it. In fact, what you do deserve is punishment. Aren't you grateful that God is merciful? Aren't you grateful that he's gracious? Aren't you grateful that that makes him approachable? That when you approach him in humble adoration, in humble surrender, that he always invites you closer. He always invites you in. No, no, no. I got more than enough for you. God, I'm in need of your mercy again. Yeah, I've got more than enough, he will say. I've got more than enough. Just keep coming to me. The Bible says he's a rewarder of those who just diligently come to him, who seek him. What does he reward you with? One of his rewards is mercy. And we need to love his mercy more than we ever have before. And not just appreciate it. God's mercy allows us to enjoy life. Because I don't know about you, but I want to enjoy my life. I want to enjoy it. I want to smile more than I do. I want to laugh more than I do. And I love to laugh. If you know me, I I smile pretty much all the time. Except when I'm watching the Packers play this year. I don't... (laughs) I don't smile at that at all. I know what all you Bear fans feel like this year. It's terrible. It's a terrible feeling. Listen, I'm just being serious. It's no big deal. I'm just being serious. God's mercy allows us to enjoy life. It allows us to enjoy life. Meaning God says, when I forgive you, you're truly forgiven. He removes our sins as far as the east is from the west. So, So what you remember of your failures, God doesn't remember anymore. And he wants you to enjoy life. He doesn't want you to wake up feeling guilty. He wants you to wake up feeling grateful. Oh, he's, so much, he's so much better than we deserve, isn't he? 
So much better. 1 Timothy 6, 17. Command those who are rich in this present world not to be arrogant nor to put their hope in wealth, which is so uncertain, but to put their hope in God. Let's stop right there. But to put their hope in God, like put your hope in all of the attributes of God. That I put my hope in his faithfulness and in his love and his compassion and his patience and in his grace and in his mercy. I'm putting all of my hope in who God is. All of it. And watch this. God richly provides. He richly provides us with everything for our enjoyment. Can I tell you something? It is the will of God for you to enjoy your life. And you want to enjoy it more than you are right now? Love his mercy. Love his mercy. When you wake up, thank you, Father, that your mercies are new every day. I thank you, Father, that you're so good. I try every day. I can't say I do it every day. I try every day. I don't, I don't want to be a liar. I try every day. That the first prayer that I pray in the morning is, Father, today, I worship you today for your blessings. I worship you today. Today, I begin my day by worshiping you. I begin my day by praising you with all of my heart, knowing that you're worthy of it. I just start my day like that. Today, I begin my day. Why? His mercies are new every single day. So I don't know what happened yesterday. It doesn't matter what happened yesterday. I begin my day by focusing on the attributes of God. God, I begin my day thanking you for your power and for your love and your grace and your mercy in my life. Thank you for your blessings that I don't deserve. And thank you for withholding punishment that I do deserve. You're so merciful. You're so gracious. You're so good to me. And I'm telling you, if you start your day in worship of God, you'll enjoy life more. If you, if you live your days loving the mercies of God, you'll enjoy your life more. You'll smile like you've never smiled before. You'll laugh like you've never laughed before. You'll experience joy like you never have before. Loving the mercies of God. What has the Lord, what does the Lord require of you? It's not much. Just to do justice, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with your God. Come on, we can do that. We can just do what's right. If somebody needs help, just help them. If somebody needs serving, just serve them. When integrity needs to be embraced, just embrace integrity. To love the mercies of God. And just to walk humbly with them. God, I'm all yours. You deserve my all. And I gladly give it to you. I gladly surrender my life to you every day. And I worship you with everything that I have because you alone are worthy of it, Father. See, God, God's mercy allows us to enjoy our life. I'm going I'm to finish with this, that God's mercy isn't only meant to be gained, but it's meant to be given You'll enjoy life so much more when you are an extension of God's mercy. You'll enjoy, you'll enjoy life so much more when you extend to others what you've been given. The Bible says it this way, Matthew 5, 7, Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. When you give mercy, it is a reflection, it is an imitation of God in the earth. 
When you extend mercy to somebody else, you're, you're a reflection of your heavenly father who extends us mercy. But pastor, it's not fair. No, it's not. It's not fair, but it's godly. It's not fair, but it's godly. See, mercy acquired needs to be turned into mercy assigned to someone who doesn't deserve it because that's the point of mercy. Excessive, undeserved kindness. And if it's been gained by you, it should be given by you. And I'm telling you, when you love mercy, you'll start showing mercy like never before. Because he who has been forgiven much should actually forgive much, right? Pastor, it's not fair. I know, but it's godly. Pastor, it's just not natural. I know. It's actually supernatural. It will not be your first instinct to be merciful. But it should be your decision. It won't be your instinct. Your flesh will kick in. Well, they don't deserve. Yeah, I I know. And you didn't deserve mercy either, did you? I didn't deserve mercy. I still don't deserve. That's the nature of mercy. Come on, everybody. We need to love mercy more than we do because it is undeserved on our part. That's why it's called mercy. That's why it's called mercy. And if it has been acquired, it needs to be assigned to somebody else. Like if it's been gained, you need to give it to somebody else. Well, who? Those in need of it. Just be merciful. Can I, I'm going to share one final thought with you. That mercy cares for the person more than your pain. It's caring for the person who hurt you, who wounded you, who sinned against you. It's caring for the person. It's focusing on the person more than focusing on the pain. That's how it works. So we are merciful because God is merciful and we love his mercy I'm going to ask you to stand up with me this morning we're going to do something unique in this moment I shouldn't say unique it's something that we often do around here what what I want to do is just again I, I want you to love Jesus more right now than what than when you entered into this place and I certainly want you to love mercy than you more than you've ever loved it before in your life and I think a lot of Christians have the tendency to appreciate mercy but not truly love it and the difference is you say well how do I know which one I'm doing When was the last time you thanked God for his mercy? When was the last time you truly worshiped the Lord strictly for his mercy in your life? 
part of the sign that you not just appreciate mercy, but you love mercy is when you start showing it to others too. That you start living a life of mercy. And I think it'd be well for us just to bow our heads and just take a few moments. First of all, to give any person in this room or watching online the opportunity to discover the mercy of God to experience it for yourself. No matter what you've done, the mercy of God will cover all of your sins. The grace of God will come in and you'll experience a rebirth. You'll you'll be, the Bible says, born again. Let me say it this way. You'll be made right with God. When you say, Father, have mercy on me. And if you've never given your life to Jesus, but you want to experience the mercy of God with nobody looking around, I want you to raise your hand really high. Let me see who you are. All right? Okay. So proud of you too. Is there anybody else? I'm not going to embarrass you or call you out. It's just a moment between you and God. All right. You can put your hands down. I'm so proud of you. And I'm going to pray a prayer. We're going to do this first. Father, I run to you today for mercy. I'm in need of it. I have sinned. And I'm a sinner in need of a Savior. Lord, I thank you. That your word says, whoever calls upon you, whoever asks for forgiveness, you always say yes. And you freely forgive. And I'm asking you to have mercy upon me, oh God. Forgive me. And I thank you that because of your mercy, because of your grace, I am now saved. Because I believe in the work of Jesus Christ. I believe in the mercies and the grace found in Jesus. Thank you for saving me. Today I confess, Jesus, you are Lord. Now, for everybody in this room, could we just lift up our hands and just thank God for his mercy? God, thank you for your mercy. Thank you for loving me so much that while I was still a sinner, you knew I was going to be a sinner. Jesus, you died for me. You bore my sins on the cross. You took my punishment upon yourself and you died in my place. What mercy you have shown me. And I say thank you. And help me to love your mercy all the days of my life. And I start today by worshiping you with all of my heart. Saying thank you God for your mercy. Thank you God for your grace. Thank you for your compassion. Thank you for your faithfulness and your kindness. And thank you for your love. I worship you and I thank you for your mercy because what you start in mercy you finish in grace (laughs) and I don't deserve either but I thank you for it and I love you with all of my heart and I'll never stop worshiping you and I pray it all in Jesus name Amen. Now with nobody moving around, not even the dream team, stay right where you are.
If you gave your life to Jesus today, if you're here in this room, you can go to guest services and pick up this book. This book is called Fresh Start. It's going to help you. If you're watching online and you want a copy, just contact us. Just message us and we'll get this to you. New song. When you love the mercies of God more and more and more, you'll worship like you've never worshiped. You'll praise him like you've never praised him. You'll pray like you've never prayed. You'll pursue him like you've never pursued him before. Fall in love with the mercies of God. And I promise you, you'll live your best life in relationship with a heavenly father who loves you more than you can imagine. Fall in love with the mercies of God. What does the Lord require of you? To do justice, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with your God. Do you receive the word of the Lord today? Hey, listen, next Sunday, it's going to be a special Christmas season. I'm going to start a Christmas series next week. Don't come alone. Invite somebody with you. One invitation can change a life. And you don't want to miss this Christmas series that we're in. I love you so very, very much. God bless you guys. Have a great day in the Lord. I love you. As a church, it's our honor to play a small part in what God is doing through your life. And we would love to continue on that journey. To find out what your next steps could be in your relationship with Christ, all you have to do is go to mynsc.org connect. Thank you to all of you who consistently give, serve, and pray. You are the ones that God is using to truly make a difference in our community as we live out our mission of leading people to become fully devoted followers of Christ. We hope you tune in next week.